0: It's kind of weak. Good morning, Lake Church. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Well, this is going to be rough, but I think it's going to be all right. Amen? Let's turn in our Bibles to Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3. And uh, we have been endeavoring over this past year to um, equip an army of God for the end times that is upon us and overtaking us. And uh, so we've been talking a lot about um, warfare and, uh, you know, applying ourselves spiritually, um, you know, in our authority and uh, understanding what we're up against because you can't resist what you don't know that you're up against, amen? If you don't believe it, you can't resist it, amen? And so it's important to do that. So we're going to be talking about something that's very, very sensitive, but I believe that it'll um, put some meat on your bones, some hair on your chest if you're a man, and, and help and aid you in your quest and in what God has called you to do. I do know what the Lord told me in regards to this message. He told, uh, spoke to me and said, if the people will listen to the basic principles of this lesson, they will be able to deal with their anxiety, their worry, their stress, and that their finances would be transformed and their bodies would be healed. If they'll understand... That majority of the issues and problems that we have as the body of Christ is that we are still participants in the craft. And once we get out of the craft, the blessing of God can continue to flow in our lives and we'll begin to see breakthrough. Amen? But we've got to repent. You know, repent is a good word. Let me say that again, this is crap I know. Repent is a good word. Yeah. Repent is a great word. Repent is a legal word. <clears throat> it, it is a word of great power. And it is a word that transforms lives. But we kind of shun it. We kind of push it away. We kind of not want to talk about it. But you know, the more we repent, the better off we are. Amen. The more the life of God begins to manifest in our lives, when the Word of God approaches our lives, we've got to make a decision. Are we going to be a doer of the Word or just a hearer? And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to be a doer of the Word. How about you? Amen. And so we're going to talk about uh, the craft and understand what it is and get it out of our lives because it's affecting our marriages, it's affecting our businesses. It's affecting our finances. It's affecting our health. If we will stop being uh, basically participators in the craft, we will see more of the life of God in our lives. How many want to see more of the life of God? I'm telling you, the powerhouse is on the inside of you. The powerhouse is on the inside of you, but you've got to get stuff out of the way and let him come out. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling amen now in second timothy chapter 3 it says in verse number 1 but understand that this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty the the hebrew or the greek says days that are hard to bear amen days that are hard to bear how many realize we're in days that are hard to bear for some people amen and majority of the world, there's days that are hard to bear. And, uh, but notice, he gives you the reason for this pressure, for this situation, okay? Notice he says this, for people will be haters. Is that what it says? People will be haters. You know, people will say, well, you know, it's the hate in this world that's causing all the problems. No, the Apostle Paul prophetically tells us, That this pressure, these days that are hard to bear, are because men are lovers. But they're the lovers of the wrong thing. They're not lovers of God, they're lovers of what? Lovers of self. They love themselves. Then he goes on and says, Lovers of money. Amen? Every internet influencer, every hip-hop artist, every um, you know, celebrity that we look to and we kind of idolize operates in love of self and love of money and exhibits that and models that for our young people to emulate. They emulate love of self and love of money. Now, are you not supposed to love yourself? Well, yeah, you're supposed to love yourself but not the way this is love of self in this context is a means that I serve myself, I ingratiate myself above all others. Okay? Where the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as what? Yourself. So therefore we are to love ourselves, but it is in direct alignment with our love for God. So our love for God creates a healthy love of self which creates a love for others. Amen? And so it all flows together. But that's not what this is talking about. It's talking about love of self by being selfish and putting ourselves in the prime spot in any situation or circumstance. And lovers of money. Love and money, all right? Now, notice this. It says, uh, proud. So, pride is a part of this end-time culture. Arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, he said, avoid such people. So this is the characteristics of the age that we live in. I believe it's the Laodicean church age that we're in right now. We are experiencing that at monumental levels right now. Now, I've been in the ministry now for almost 30 years. I have never seen what has come upon the earth in those other 20-plus years that I have been in the ministry. I have talked to ministers that have been in ministry for 50, 60 years. They have never seen what has been coming upon the nation and the world. They have not seen this before. Okay? So we're definitely living in times that are hard to bear and showing the fruit of the prophetic word because God always forecasts the future. And it's always accurate, and it's always right. Amen? And so we're seeing that over and over. But drop down to um, verse number 7. It says, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth, just as Jans and Jambres. Everybody say Jans and Jambres. Now, that's not an act in Branson. Okay, that's not not a show in Branson that we go see. Jans and Jambres are the two Egyptian priests that withstood Moses in Pharaoh's court. Now, the book of Exodus does not give us their names. It is through um, Jewish history that we know their names and also Second Temple literature. Jans and Jambres are a very popular topic and item in Jewish culture because they are the magicians, the sorcerers, the occultists that mimicked four of Yahweh's uh, plagues. So they were able to do exactly what Yahweh did four out of ten times. Okay? So, why does he use Jans and Jambres in the context of days that are hard to be born? He is using Jans and Jambres to illustrate to us that one of the major characteristics of the time of the end will be an increase in occultism and in supernatural spiritism. Are you awake out there? So it's not going to be what people have said for years and years. The Christian against the agnostic or the Christian against the atheist. That is not going to be the battle. That is not the battle at all. The battle is the spirit of God and the spirits of the world. That is going to be the major battle. And that's represented by John's and James, John Brees, which, um, you know, opposed Moses, amen? They opposed Moses, and they began to try to illustrate and show that the gods of Egypt were just as powerful as Yahweh. Right now, in our nation, we are seeing a battle of gods. We are seeing Yahweh against the gods of America. And if you were to look at America, you would see that it is not Yahweh or Jesus that is celebrated, emulated, and raised up. But it is the gods of Egypt and the gods of the Assyrians that are the prominent gods that are in America today and we're seeing an kind iconoclast of, of cultures that are opposed to one another, and we have to rise up and ask ourselves, yes, Jans and Jambries have shown up, but where is Moses? Where is Moses? Well, I'm here to tell you, he's sitting in that brown seat you're sitting in. It's time for us to show up. But we can't show up if we are enslaved, if we are operating in witchcraft, if we've got our own brand that we like. Hello. It's time for us to stop facing a very intellectual, articulate and powerful adversary with compromised lives. It just won't work. And so we've got to eliminate certain things that are giving the enemy access. You know, in Ephesians chapter four, it says, do not give the devil any place. The word place is the word topography, where we get the word topography from. It says, don't give him real estate. Don't give him any." place in your life. Well, I'm here to tell you that the craft has been running our homes, it's been running our businesses, and it's been running our nation. You are inundated with what the Bible calls witchcraft. You are inundated. You're swimming in it. Manipulation of information, manipulation of beliefs manipulation of ideas and decision-making that is going on at a rampant pace at a very high level over and over and over now the problem is is the devil has hijacked the word it's hijacked witchcraft and made it be something that is associated with halloween or with cauldrons and uh, big old moles on noses and things of that nature and you know, all kinds of, you know, big black hats and, and flying around on broomsticks and things of that nature. He's hijacked it to diminish it to where we don't understand that it is the number one plaguer of our nation and of the church. That there's a lot of witchcraft in the church. There's a lot of witchcraft and it has to be exposed. Judgment must begin first Where? In the house of God. So we have to look at ourselves. Now, is this the house of God? No, it's not. This is just a building. The house of God is you and I. And so judgment has to come first to the house of God. We've got to investigate ourselves and see, are we allowing the craft to motivate our lives? Are we using the craft to get what we want out of life? And some people can take the craft and use it and put Jesus as a little stamp on it and nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus is a far away from it, but they put the Jesus tag on it and they call it Christianity. And it's not. It's not Bible at all. Amen? I, this is going to go good. I can just tell by the look of your faces. This is going to go real good. But well, we got to understand this stuff. Hello? Because... What this scripture tells me is that the church isn't ready for these days. Because how many of you have been shocked by the very things that the Bible has said is going to come? It just seems like America is just shocked by it. Oh, my gosh, they're doing that. They're doing that. It's right here. The Bible says it's been going on all along. We're just seeing it because, you know what? Because we went to sleep. We went to sleep. We're no longer, you know, in our place of authority. We're no longer speaking against things. We're including things. We're actually bringing things. Come on, we're actually bringing things into the church. Basically, around 2000, around the turn of the century, the church... Gave the world a how can we do better card. Yeah. 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 Wow. True. Yeah. Oh, you know it's true. How are we doing? Well, the world says you suck. You know you stu- <laughs> you you know you're. I'm, I'm serious. I'm, they're not going to say anything now. Nice. Come on now. I want you to provide food for my. Family. I want you. You know they want all these social services. They don't want what this, oh, is this too rough today? So we gave them this card, you know, and I mean, if we would have put, could we wash your car, would you come to church if we washed your car while we were in service? You know, I mean, it, it's almost became, we became uh, in the ditch on another side. Okay, all right. And so the whole culture has become a culture of of witchcraft Where we're manipulating one another In fact a lot of And I say this by the spirit of the Lord A lot of what we've tried to do to bring people in Has been witchcraft and not the drawing of the gospel Giving away gifts and you know (laughs) Oh I'm guilty as charged (laughs) Bribing people Yeah come on now Instead of gospel declaration Instead of developing a relationship And saying, you know, come on The Lord got me there I'm gonna Have to repent, amen Hallelujah Hello, egg drops You know Come on Harvest festivals masked as Halloween parties Come on well we're not doing a Halloween party we're doing a harvest fest yeah but there's Frankenstein over here (laughs) come on and then we have these things and people come in from the community and you never see them again not until you have another party I'm telling you it don't work it don't work amen okay that really went over well Daniel you might have to preach for me anyway Here in a little bit here. I'll call you up. If I begin to lose it, I'll call you up. (laughs) (laughs) Malachi, Malachi chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4 and verse number 5. He says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the heart of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Now, the last book of the Old Testament canon records a prophecy that before the great and terrible day of the Lord that God would send Elijah. Now, just as Paul used Jans and Jambres, as two personalities that would be, uh, you know, pretty much permeate the age that we're living in. Malachi says, in the last days before the coming of the Lord, I'm going to send you Elijah. Now, we know that John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. Okay? He came in the spirit of Elijah. Well, what did John the Baptist do? He came to call the nation of Israel to repentance. And he came to address religious, political, and cultural corruption. What did Moses come to do? To set people free of a system of enslavement. So here you have Moses... Now you have Elijah. So two main aspects, you know, God uses names, God uses personalities in the Scripture to show what the spirit of that age is supposed to be. Like he uses Jezebel as a means of showing. It's not physical Jezebel, it's just the spirit that that works through Jezebel. Well, the spirit of God works through Moses for liberation, And he worked through Elijah to speak to a corrupt kingdom led by Ahab and Jezebel with the entire culture being controlled by the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah. I'm here to tell you right here and right now That our nation is in the same situation. Where is Elijah? We got to ask ourselves that. Where is Elijah? He's in you, he's in me by the Spirit of God. We're called to be Moses. We're called to be Elijah, the church collective. Called to be Moses, bringing people out of a corrupt system. We are called to be Elijah, speaking to the utter depravity and corruption that is in our nation and even using signs and wonders to show people that God is on the throne. But each of these faced the craft Each of these faced the craft, and you will face the craft, whether you believe in it or not. Well, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that, you know, witchcraft and spells and incantations and things of that nature. Really? 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 When I was in high school or when I was in school, I was with, you know, caring for most of my high school Days, but when I was in school and I saw a popular girl or a girl that was pretty, you know, they always had the little pretty ones, you know. You were one of them. I'm just telling you that. Don't don't think that you weren't. You were one of them. But there was these popular girls. How many? How many know what I'm talking about? Popular girls. And I'm telling you, they could come to you and say something just nice to you, and you'd be. Oh. <laughs> You'd mow their lawn. You'd mow their lawn. You'd carry their books. You'd do all these things, you know, just for them to like you and pay attention. That's a spell. That's a spell. Some of you have bosses that got you under a spell. They've convinced you that they're your source. And they use words to threaten you. If you don't do this or that, we're going to do it. That's a spell. What is a spell? A spell changes the mood and the attitude and the decision-making of the person. It's a form of manipulation. And that's what witchcraft is. Witchcraft is manipulation and intimidation at the aim of creating domination. It is me trying to dominate an individual and get that individual to do what I want them to do. Now, because we have separated ourselves from Christ and we are no longer in the source, humanity has sought to control his own life. Every person in these seats and outside of these seats wants control. Everybody wants control. And it wouldn't hurt their feelings very much if they controlled others. Wouldn't bother them one bit. In fact, they'd kind of like it to be that way. And so you get the craft. Yeah. The craft is a means of trying to get my will, my desires, my plans into someone else. To where they will do what I want. I am the planet. they, I am the sun. And they are the planets that revolve around me. And that is indicative of the age that we are living in now. We are living in a witchcraft nation. You can say amen oh me. It's the truth. We're living in a witchcraft nation. Now I'm going to skip a couple of scriptures. Um, let's go to Galatians. What is witchcraft? Well, according to 1 Samuel chapter 15 The prophet Samuel said That rebellion Is as the sin of what? Witchcraft Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft And stubbornness Is like idolatry So he tells you That Rebellion and witchcraft Go hand in hand And stubbornness And idolatry Go hand in hand Okay So what is witchcraft? What is the root of witchcraft? It's rebellion. It's rebellion against the order of God and what God decrees and what God has set forth. It says, I don't want to do it God's way. God made me a male. I want to be a female. God made me a female. I want to be a male. God made me, you know, a homo sapien. I want to be. Uh, a dog I want to be come on now there's people that dress up like puppies and stuff and on the internet it's really weird guys (laughs) (laughs) there's people that identify as cats this is not just comedy this isn't SNL this is real stuff you can get it and see it all you want they want to identify they reject the order God established a microcosm of the kingdom of God called the family. A husband and a wife and children. And there is an order to that. But I'm here to tell you, friends, the preaching of the gospel in regards to healing and deliverance is not nearly as persecuted as the preaching of the family from the Bible. when you starts telling you, you know, that the husband is the head head of the wife, (laughs) what do you mean? What the heck are you talking about? That kids are to be submitted to their... Oh. Oh, I need a moment. Where's my safe place? (laughs) Hello? Because our culture in colleges, which are satanic seminaries, I'm just going to lay that out to you. They want the family flatlined. No one is over anybody. And that's the reason why you have the movement to eliminate the police, eliminate any kind of... Th- I'm not telling you that there aren't policemen that are, are, are corrupt and do harmful things. God ordained the office. You've got to understand that. The office is just like the President of the United States. That office is anointed by God. Not necessarily the person is the person that God wants, but the office is. And so we're called to pray for the office. We're called to pray for people that are in authority. That means in office, but yet God may not necessarily be pleased with who's in that particular office. Do you understand that? So there may be corrupt cops, corrupt military, corrupt in it, but that doesn't mean that we throw the baby out with the bathwater because God ordained us so that our so that our um, culture, our civilization won't descend into chaos. So we got teachers getting beat up. We got, uh, you know, families that their kids are coming back from college and having them bow down and kiss their feet. This is really happening. You've got all kinds of rebellion, and it's witchcraft. Because any time you have rebellion you're going to have witchcraft. Anybody that continues in rebellion will get into witchcraft because there's two arms of witchcraft. There's the fleshly arm. It's found in Galatians chapter 5 in verse number 19 through 22 where it talks about and the works of the flesh are witchcraft. Then you go to Revelation chapter 18, and it talks about mystery Babylon and the fall of Babylon, and it says that she deceived the nations with her sorceries. And the word sorcery there is the word pharmakeia, which means drugs. The reason why for the upward rise of drugs in our culture and the legalization of those things is to create deception. Okay. So you have that and, and, and what's, so, what's so bad about it is that the ones that are coming into our nation, that are buying up the land to grow these things, are the nations that are against our nation. I'm not going to call any names, but well, I yes I am. China. China. Good Chinese people. Governments whack. Okay? Good Chinese people, government's whack. Government's buying up land all, even right here, even down the road here, to grow marijuana. Reason why they're doing it is why. They want to weaken the national will and bring in a spirit of deception. Is this too real for you? Okay. It, I'm preaching the truth in love. You can write all your correspondence to Bob. Well, let me show you where the craft started. It started in Genesis chapter 3. Notice this, Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty. Mine says crafty. Yours may say subtle. Yours might, might say deceptive, tricky. Clever. Another translation, clever. Um... Cunning. Did you actually know that the etymology of the word cunning is actually linked to the word cute? Here is um, a revelation for you. The cuter it is, or the more beautiful it is, the more deceptive it can be. God likes playing. He does. He really loves taking a person that is broken, that is, you know, not perfect. He loves taking that and have his glory shine through that person. How can the glory of God shine through you when your personal glory is what you put at the forefront of your life? So you need to be very leery of people who flatter you with their tongue and people who overly accentuate the outer person. I'm dropping some stuff on you, brother. I'm dropping some... Listen, the devil is no dummy. He wants it to look beautiful. Beautiful. He's not going to attract you with ugly, mean stuff. He wants it to look like the answer to all of your dreams. So when we see the starlets and the stars and the various, you know, influencers in our culture, you can see that they are absolutely perfect in their pictures that is for a purpose the prettier it is the more deceptive it can be yeah. now I know you all are pretty and I, 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 I love you. you you all are trying but listen God likes plainness He just does just a common ordinary people as He made them not these aberrations and alterations that are being made in our culture today where people are transforming basically like demons. They're, they're actually beginning to take on the characteristics of demons. I saw Madonna recently. Now, Madonna's 62 years old, but she's had some work. <laughs> but one of the things that I notice is that she began to accentuate the almond of her eyes. And this is a feline type of trick that they do to make them look otherworldly, kind of like the uh, pharaohs in Egypt. And the pharaohs in Egypt altered their, their bodies to look like the Anunnaki and the Apkallu and the watchers and the fallen angels. They, that's the reason why their garments were so otherworldly. And you, when you see what they wore, it was to mimic or to imitate what they saw from the fallen angels, okay? And that's happening when you see Katy Perry and you see, um, you know, Beyoncé and you see various other um, divas, which comes from divination, which is a witch term. Hello. Stevie Nicks, stuff like that, you know. I used to laugh at this stuff. I used to laugh at this stuff, and now now I'm having to eat some crow. But, uh, But anyway, they cast spells with words. They cast spells with their songs. How many remember the Me Too movement? That wasn't too long ago, was it? It's where all the objectifying men that were... Corrupting Hollywood, which is so pure anyway, you know, it's absolutely, absolutely pure. You know, that, 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 you know, preyed upon women and young actors, male and female, and, you know, used them and abused them and things, and it was going to come to an absolute stop. Has it come to a stop? No, because the whole system preys upon that stuff. When you can go to TikTok... And see upteen of thousands of thousands of thousands of young ladies that will do a stupid challenge that causes them to showcase parts of their body and then go on and say, I don't want to be objectified. It's satanic, it's doctrines of demons. Hello. When you do those stupid little dances or change your uniform or stuff like that, I mean, you are operating in the satanic world that is drawing you in of the occult and of witchcraft because you are manipulating people by what you look like. That's why porn is so atrocious and deadly. Is because not everything on the screen appears correctly. It is altered. It is changed. It is meant to draw you in to a fantasy realm that opens the door for satanic infiltration. It said. Oh, well, thank you, Siri. (laughs) She was looking up the word infiltration for me. <laughs> I, th- I think she has become aware. Oh my. Notice what it says. The serpent was more subtle. Was more subtle. There might be a demon in my. <laughs> subtle than any other beast of the field. Subtle, cunning, crafty, shrewd. Okay, you're not just talking about just a stupid snake. You're talking about an entity. In fact, the word is nakash. It's a noun, it's a verb, and it's an adjective because the enemy symbolizes all three of those things. So, Nakash means bright and shining one. He was not ugly. He was beautiful. If you see an ugly old snake on a tree, are you going to go over there and talk to it? (laughs) That's not what the case was. He was beautiful. Eve was attracted to what she saw. And he took that attraction of who he was and put it on the tree. Now, that's what a star or a um, movie star, or they come in with their beauty, but they want to get you into looking at something else. you understand that? Okay? So, you get enamored with the song, and it just is something that's good, and you, you like what you see, and so they project something beautiful to give you something that's not. Okay? Now, the word, the Hebrew word is a room, A R U M, a room in the Hebrew. And it means all those things. But when you drop down to the verse in which Adam and Eve partake of the fruit and they hide themselves, from the voice of God. It uses the word naked three times. It says they, they, when they partook of the fruit, they realized they were naked. Okay? Adam said, I heard your voice, and I was afraid because I was what? Naked. naked. God says, who told you you were what? Naked. naked. It's the same word a room it's not talking about nudity it's not talking about nudity it's talking about they had received the nature of the serpent they too became crafty they too became crafty they were now progenitors of witchcraft because that's what the enemy brought in to the world through their disobedience. Pride and witchcraft. Okay? Now, I'm going to give you a picture of what a room looks like because most people don't know what a room looks like. I'm going to put the picture up there, Mark. Now, this is my twin boys. When they were very little, and uh, they started walking and uh, and playing around the house, and we had a toy box that they're sitting on. Now this toy box was off limits. We would get on to them. Don't get on the toy box. And they would get on the toy box. They would. It didn't matter. You could put anything out in the rest of the house to try to attract them, and they're gonna they're gonna walk. To the toy box And I couldn't get a picture of what they did on the toy box They would stand on the toy box And they just thought that was the greatest thing in the world It was the most exciting thing they had ever experienced In their nine to ten months of life Was to stand on that toy box Okay Now a room isn't I'm going to sit on the toy box and that's what's going to happen and you can't stop me. That's not a room. Notice what the, the, the grin that Josiah has. Because the whole time when they know that we have taken them off that toy box and we've even given them a little pop on the back and we've told them not to get on, the whole time they, you, they, they will do it in front of you. And this is how they do it. (laughs) And we took a picture of it. I laughed, Karen laughed, and the devil laughed. Because rebellion Is cute Hello See that's a form of witchcraft Another form is found in husbands and wives Say for instance you want a big ticket item Guys maybe you want something that's at uh, Bass Pro or whatever you know you know, if the world ended, and there was no other stores, and I was the only man left on earth, and there was a Bass Pro, I would die. Because <laughs> there is absolutely nothing in Bass Pro that I ever want. <laughs> I'm just sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm just sorry. I would just die. I just Oh, take me now, Lord. I was there Nothing. Nothing in there. But to. But it's filled every weekend. I mean, it's filled every day. People. But you've got a big ticket item you want. And you know that Amanda isn't going to be willing to let you do that. You've had these talks about, you know, the budget and, you know, all those wonderful conversations <laughs> that you have. So you begin to con- concoct an idea. Okay, Well. Let's let her get something she wants. Spare no expense. <laughs> Baby, I just want you to be happy. <sighs> Honey child, go to Macy's. Go to, spend, spend all you want. Spend all you want with the whole purpose of being able to use that as leverage to say, Now. I want this. It's manipulation. Manipulation. See, what what is witchcraft? It's manipulation and intimidation that brings about domination. See, we've got to repent of that in our homes. You see, what what, judge first comes to the house of God. We've got to start looking at ourselves. Kids will do this to you. You'll have company over, and all day you've, you've told them, Don't eat any more cookies. Don't eat any more cookies at all. Well, they won't bother you. But when guests come, they'll ask you because they know that you're more than likely to say yes in front of... Oh, oh, no, so if you can't see that, it, this is manipulation. What is it doing? God, I do not trust you with my life. God, you are not the source of my life. God, you're not the answer. You are not become my wisdom. You have not become my solution. You are not helping me, so I've got to take matters into my own hand, and people do this in the church. They do it in the church. Instead of trusting the Lord... To get them in a place of ministry or put them in a place, they manipulate and connive. And I'm telling you, I've been uh, guilty of that myself. All people are guilty of witchcraft in one way or the other. The, the key is is to be able to recognize it so that you can <laughs> repent of it and get it out of your life. Because some people can even say, well, God told me, God told me this, and God told me that, and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But the whole while you're doing it is not trusting the Lord. You're using manipulation and intimidation to dominate the person that you think is in the way. And it's wrong. People do it at the workplace, people do it in the homes. Mama, everybody has one of these. They're all wearing this stuff. They're all, you know, you know you're under a spell when guilt is laid on you thicker than peanut butter. When guilt is used to manipulate your emotions, because that's what witchcraft is, to manipulate your emotions to cause you to make decisions And people will use the Bible to do this too. Abusive spouses will, you know, I remember uh, dealing with a situation where this abusive spouse got thrown in jail. He comes to, you know, the the lady was staying with my wife and I. He comes, he gets out of the car. Uh, Instead of being repentant, Instead of being I'm sorry, I was wrong and stuff like that. It says, Why don't you do what the Bible says and submit yourself su-, see that that's richcraft. Is it in the Bible that says wives submit yourselves to your husband? Absolutely it's in the Bible. But you don't use it that way. That's not the context of it. Come on anger throwing fits kids that'll throw a fit they won't throw a fit to go to the store but they'll throw a fit to go to church this is manipulation and I've had parents I said hey I hadn't seen you you know I hadn't seen you in church where you been Oh, well, we just can't get little Susie to, you know, get dressed, and she throws a fit and runs around the house and stuff, and we just haven't been able to do that. Well, see, that's manipulation. There's also uh, probably a spirit involved in that as well that you might need to deal with. But, but these are real things that happen. They happen to our lives, not in Kevin's house, but, but <laughs> in, in, in our homes. We wrestle with these things, okay? Uh, intimidation, gaslighting. My mom was a great gaslighter. You know, I'd be bringing up an instance in which she took care of me uh, physically after doing something wrong. You know, we know the old story. You can't mention anything anymore. People have to run to their safe place that you got spanked as a kid. But... uh I mean, my mom would beat me short of my life. And I'd say, Mom, do you remember that time, you know, you used the bed slat and blah, blah, blah. I, I never did that. I never did that. That never happened. You're just making stuff up. I got the scar right here. What? That didn't happen. You fell off the bike. These are not the droids you're looking for. Come on now gaslighting That's a form of witchcraft. You're seeing this in our media every day. You're seeing this in our government every single day. They are proponents of witchcraft. We swim in it. Okay? Using someone's insecurities against them is a form of witchcraft. If I know that you have an affinity to be jealous and, you know, and I want to get a rise out of you, I'll go flirt or go do something. Come on. People will do that to get what they want from the individual. You need to ask yourself this question. Am I trying to get what I want? That's the first question right there. When it comes to the decision-making, you need to ask yourself, am I trying to get what I want? Because you know what? I'm not always right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Hello? Am I trying to get what I want? And am I doing it at the expense of my spouse? Is what I'm getting or what I'm trying to achieve, is it something that we mutually are pursuing or is it something that just I want at the expense of her or him? That is important stuff because I've seen a lot of people get divorced because of that kind of mentality. I want what I want. This is what I want and I want it at the expense of everything else. Is this hitting home? Okay. What's another form of witchcraft that we operate in every day? Isolation. I get mad at Kirby. He's no longer in the group. We're gonna meet over here. You stay there. You have you have received disdain. (laughs) And you are now an outcast. Now, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to say. See, the biblical way is, Kirby, I'm very upset with you, and I don't want to talk. That's a biblical way. But no, the witchcraft way is, I'm upset with you, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to come over here, and I'm going to exclude you because you have to pay for your sins. What's another form of witchcraft? Revenge. Revenge and vengeance the lord says vengeance is mine i'll repay see that's his stuff that's not our stuff we we're not even we are not even made to be able to handle that stuff but yet we'll take matters in our own hands try to orchestrate things that highlight a person's weaknesses repay them back for what they did to us it's a form of witchcraft see it's the craft People operate in the craft and Christians operate in the craft. One of the biggest forms of witchcraft is works in the church. Did you know that? The whole book of Galatians is about witchcraft. Did you know that? It's about works over justification by faith. When we think that we can through the flesh appease God, We are operating in witchcraft. When we're not yielding ourselves to the work of Christ, but trusting in our works to get us in God's favor, we are operating in witchcraft. In fact, he clearly says, Who hath bewitched you? That's what he said. Who hath bewitched you? And the word for bewitched is exactly that. It's not just some hyperbolic statement. It means the evil eye. Who has given you the evil eye? Because it's the same Greek word they use today for evil eye. So they were operating in a form of witchcraft through legalism. Legalism is a form of witchcraft. When I begin to define my walk with God based upon what I do and do not do, I am operating in the realm of witchcraft. So let's repent. Doesn't that sound good? That we can do it too. We can repent of the craft. We can say, Lord, I don't want any more of that craft. I don't want any more of that. The only crafts I want to make is the crafts that you sell. I don't want to make this craft anymore. (laughs) Amen? Amen. I don't want to use jealousy and envy. If you notice the works of the flesh listed in Galatians chapter 5, they're all witchcraft. Envy, strife, division, disunity. These are all things that you do to manipulate And the the world teaches it from the time you're born. The time you're born, the world teaches you that you have to have an edge. And that edge is be comparative, to be competitive, to be envious, to be jealous. Use it as a motivation for the survival of the fittest. This is the culture of the world system. Jesus said, come unto me. Oh, ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, his atoning work will give us rest in God. But then he goes on and says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek, the exact opposite of the world, and lowly of heart. It's exactly different than any guru that you'll see in the world. They're haughty, they're arrogant, they're proud, they're out there. Jesus says, "No, nope, I'm meek, I'm low of heart, lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your soul. The problem with anxiety that's going on in people's bodies and in people's minds is they're practicing the craft. Because the craft will cause you to wear out because you have to keep up. One thing that in the supernatural aspects of witchcraft they will tell you is that you got to keep up with all of the various sacrifices. you got to keep up with it, and it is absolutely tiring. Well, guess what? This arm of witchcraft that we're talking about, the fleshly arm, is just as fatiguing. Because you have to keep up the appearances. You have to keep up the craft. And it wears you down. And Jesus says, stop learning the craft. Learn of me. Take my yoke upon you. And praise God, I'll give you peace. I'll give you rest for your soul. You don't have to work things out anymore. You don't have to try to say, well, if I get in this position and if we do this and maybe, you know, I'm in the company now, but, but if I really get here and I get there, stop it. Yeah. If I take the boss out to dinner, if I try any form of manipulation, stop it. Let God promote you. Let God take care of you. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Stop trying to make yourself something that you're not in order to receive something that maybe you're not supposed to have. But yeah, That's the truth, guys. It's not a hoop and holler. We'll do that at a rise. But it'll put some meat on you, make you realize that repentance starts right here. So amen. So let's make a concerted effort to watch how we're speaking to one another, to watch how we're interacting with one another, and stop allowing witchcraft or craft to begin to dominate our lives. Amen? Amen? Well, if they do that, I'm going to do this. That's witchcraft. That's a craft. Oh, I could go on and on, but I'm not. Amen. We'll have people up here. If you need to be born again, you would be filled with the Spirit. You need to have anything from the Lord. They'll be up here right after we close service. So Jesse is going to close us out and praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. What a good word to us this morning. You know, I'm reminded.